guys. Good morning, men. Sorry for the delay. Just minor, minor technical issues, but we've worked them out by the grace of God, just in the nick of time. I believe we have our speaker on the line, Ron Hutchcraft. Ron, can you give us a, a good morning up here to Jersey? I would love to be with you in person. I love hearing my Jersey brothers sing. That's called uh, Hallelujah with hair on it, you know? I love it. And um, uh, you, uh, somebody said that uh, when a guy gives his testimony, it should be called the testosterone. Is that true? I don't know. I just made that up anyway. Um, well, a lot of that in the, more, in the room this morning. You can, you can feel it. You can feel it. Um, I just, you know, somebody, somebody said something. Can you hear me? Are you guys hearing me okay? Yep, we do. Yes? Okay, good. And um, I just have a big block on my screen here that I would like to get rid of, but I don't have the remote. Hey, um, so uh, if I was there, I could get Jersey hugs, I could get Jersey straight talk, which I love and I miss. And I was just thinking I could have a real bagel for breakfast. I could eat uh, at a real diner for lunch and I could have some real Italian food <laughs> for dinner, mind you. But I'll have to settle for my bowl of grits, I guess. Karen and I could never agree on this grits thing. She grew up in the Ozarks. And um, she said, Ron, you really ought to try them. And I said, I can see no reason why you would eat something that uh, you could make a sidewalk out of. I don't know how you feel about that, but it, makes, it really does make sense to me. OK, listen, hey, Ron, let, me, let me go Ron, over some things. That, can I interrupt real quick? Uh, I just <laughs> let me go over some things that are very, um, very big in our culture right now. Uh, Wolverine, Thor, um, Superman, uh, Captain America. Um, oh, and Iron Man. And um, oh, and of course, Superman's all I had. When I was growing up, I don't know what, what you had, but I had like one lousy superhero. Marvel has a Marvel universe. We have a whole universe. Oh, I forgot Spider-Man. If you need for information about him, uh, he has a great website, by the way. You can check that out. But anyway, uh, so, uh, but you know what? In this, I, I'm wondering why superheroes are so popular. Really, I have like Superman. I think the reason they are so big, one may be, the world is getting more messy. The problems are getting more unsolvable. And the idea of a superhero really is appealing. But I want to talk to you about real superheroes, not the fantasy ones, the kind that your wife needs, the kind that your kids need, the kind that your neighbors need, your coworkers, the guys at the gym. Yeah, see, we need some real superheroes, not with tights on and a cape and, and a, a flying suit, but guys, um, who are selfless, who are consistent, count-onable, dependable, patient, kind, gentle, um, affectionate, uh, listening. In fact, I would suggest to you that there is a superhero that I would hope all of us could be. Yeah, madman. Yeah. And I'm not talking about your mental condition, something you need a psychologist for. Um, a lot of you know, if you've known me, and I have a lot of friends there in a room, I think, uh, you know that uh, I raised my kids when they went out in the morning, I yelled, go mad at them. And 
the next door neighbor went, Gladys, call, call some phone number. Hunchcraft has lost his mind. Now, go mad meant go make a difference. I remember talking to my daughter one day and she was, she was in second grade. She was all sad. She said, Daddy, I'm so sad. All the kids in my class, they talk dirty. They, 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 they hurt each other. They say bad things about each other. They say bad things about their parents. And I said, well, honey, you can get all discouraged about that. Or the reason maybe they're being that way is they don't know how anybody else, they never see anybody act any other way. Why don't you go to school and show them a different way to be. And I, it came out of my mouth somehow. I said, go mad today. Go make a difference. Now, the world is desperate for some make a difference men who really make a, a, a positive difference. Did you know that God is looking for a hero? Now, God's looking for a man. It's all through the Bible. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. He's looking for a guy who has an awesome heart for God so he can pour his strength into him. And then uh, in, in a, another place in scripture, in Isaiah 66, 2, God says, this is the man I will look to. Man, I got that. That gets my attention. I'd love to be a man he looked to. Well, who is he? He says, he's humble, contrite in spirit, and trembles at my word. In other words, this is a guy who's all about other people, not about himself, who hates his sin and loves God's word. God says, that's my guy. That's my hero. And then um, uh, over in the book of, of uh, Ezekiel, um, God again says he's looking for a man. Hold on. I'm uh, knocking everything down here. I'm getting so excited. He says, I need a man to stand in the gap, called the gap man. He said, um, uh, I looked for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand before me, but I found none. God said, I'm looking for a guy who would stand between the sea of garbage coming in and, 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 and people behind that he's influencing. I need a guy who will stand in the gap and, and take a stand for what's right. So God's looking for a guy. So I thought I might share with you this morning three superpowers. Every man in this room has them, has access to them. But here's how you get access to them. You answer the call of the man who made a greater difference in this world than anybody ever made. The only man out of billions of people who lived here who ever walked out of his grave under his own power. Nobody's beat death except Jesus Christ. The only man. The only man who carried out the greatest act of love in human history, when he poured out his life to pay the death penalty for our hijacking our life from God. And I'll tell you what, you know, he divided all history into BC and AD, right? You know, there are guys in that room right now, guys right here, whose life has been divided between BC before Christ and after. And that visit to the cross to have our sins forgiven not only had erased God, our sins from God's book and gave us a new beginning, but gave us access to these three superpowers. And it might just be what would help you be exactly what a wife needs, your kids need, your grandkids, your friends, your coworkers, guys at the gym. This is what they need in a guy who is a modern, real superhero. Here's the first 
Here's the first super superpower. Your God connection. The fact that a guy can have a personal connection called friends with God in the Bible. This is not a religion. Let me make clear. This is not Christianity, the religion. So many people get that confused. They think if they've got a religion, they got God. No, this is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, about whom the Bible says, he loved me and gave himself for me. Now, how does this God connection work? Well, it's vertical and it's horizontal. Um, when, when, uh, when Jesus called his 12 disciples, they were all eager to know what their job was. They said, what do you want us to do for you, Lord? And he said, I have chosen you. And before he gave him anything to do, he said, to be with me. A guy who is the kind of man that God can trust and who makes a true difference in people's lives begins his day with Jesus. And I'm talking about a time when he makes a personal heart connection before he hears any other voices. All those voices that are going to come at you today, pushing on you, pulling on you. You listen to one voice. The Bible says it's like the sheep listening to the voice of their shepherd. And by the way, when Jesus said to his disciples, I'm chosen you to be with me before you do anything, be with me. In Acts 4.13, when the enemies of the gospel call in Peter and John and tell them they better stop talking about Jesus or they may go to a cross too. It says, but they noticed that though they were unlearned and ordinary men, they had been with Jesus. Everybody could tell even the enemies of Christ, that they had been with Jesus. What we're talking about is a time with Jesus that isn't if you can fit it in. If there's time, when I can, it's non-negotiable. It's the sun of your day. It's the one thing in your schedule that you will do. And you're going to hear his voice at the beginning. That's that vertical God connection that is a truly the source of a superpower. When I was in, growing up in Chicago, my dad took me to Riverview Park. <laughs> that amusement park is long gone, believe me. But um, there was this uh, thing called the rotor. You've probably seen them. They're like washing machines. It's like this cylindrical thing. And you, you get on and, and you, you're kind of plastered against the wall and it starts spinning. You're like, well, this is stupid. And then the floor starts to disappear. You ever been on one of these? And you're like, I'm going to die, and I'm only nine. Well, I didn't die, obviously, because I was plastered against that wall by something that my science teacher later explained with centrifugal force. You know what that means? The faster something is spinning, the more things get thrown to the edge. My brother, our lives are spinning faster than ever right now. The question is, is Jesus a victim of centrifugal force? Is he being thrown to the edge? Because a man who's a hero for God and for others does not neglect their God connection. You know what happens during that non-negotiable time? Will you, will you hear from him through his word, the Bible? Number one, you get divine orders. 
it, when Joshua didn't know what to do with the walls of Jericho, it says he was face down before the Lord, and he asked this question, what message does my Lord have for his servant? You ought to be asking God that every morning with an open Bible in your lap, what message does my Lord have for his servant? And he will show you something he wants you to do that day, or not do that day, or a way to be that day, or a way to not be that day. You literally can get divine orders. Secondly, you can get a divine perspective on things. The Bible says, if anybody lacks wisdom, I, if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask God, and he will give it generously. Knowing, You can download God's view of things, so you can see your wife through Jesus' eyes. Uh, you can see your problems. What does Jesus see when he sees your situation, when he sees that problem person in your life? What is, you can get a divine perspective, God's wisdom so much greater than yours. And the other thing is you can you can release your burdens in that in that time with him. You know, you know how angry a lot of guys are right now? You can tell. Guys are edgy. They're mean-spirited. Uh they're they're um I think they're hurting inside. They're carrying all that stuff out but they can't they can't let it out anywhere. You know what? If your glass is full, if you've got a full glass, it only takes a couple drops to make it spill. And we got people spilling all over social media, all over our office, all over us. Maybe you do sometimes because your glass is full of all the stresses and all the hurt. Well, when you're with God in that early morning meeting, he says, cast all your care on me because I care for you. So you can unload that stuff, empty your glass out. Now you got room for the stuff that hits you that day because you don't go into the day with a, a full glass. So that's a vertical God connection that is a superpower, but there's also a horizontal one because you carry that God connection now out into your day with you. I want to tell you, if you want to have an impact on guys' lives, when you have an opportunity and they, they come up to you with a problem about at home or with a kid or with finances or medically or whatever it is, don't just say you'll pray for them. Ask them if you could pray with them. Yeah. Yeah. I have asked that so many times and I've never had anybody tell me no, whether the guy was a believer or not. And sometimes when I open my eyes, there's tears in their eyes. Do you know why? because they've never heard their name in a prayer. You don't realize it. You take it for granted, but you're having your relationship with God right there with them. A few days ago, we were building a, a Native American leadership center on our land in Arkansas right now. The building is early stages are starting right now. And uh, the, over, the man who owns the company flew in from Oklahoma to see the site. And he had a new pilot young man and um we were going over the mission of this place and then i said can i pray with you guys before you leave and i did well the pilot took him to four or five more sites and as he was getting in the plane from the last visit he said can i talk to you for a minute i need to talk to you about something well what he said well uh what happened back there he said where back there well he named our town he said something happened when that guy prayed, I felt something way down in here. 
and it was like God or something. You know what? He had felt my relationship with God when I was praying. I had no idea. You can have an impact. And, and I believe that young man, because he's now going to church and he's studying the Bible. I believe that day from just being prayed with, he had something happen in him that became a relationship with Christ. So your, your God connection works out horizontally now. And by the way, if you pray what I call the three open prayer, based on Colossians chapter four, pray for us that God may open a door for us and that we may proclaim the message of Christ clearly as we should. You pray this three open prayer. A lot of you guys heard me talk about this. Lord, open the door. That means a natural opportunity to talk about your Jesus. Number two, Lord, open their heart. Would you get them ready to hear what I'm going to share with them from my story and your story of what you did? And then, Lord, open my mouth. You got it? Lord, open the door. Lord, open their heart. Lord, open my mouth. And you don't have to say, Lord, if it is your will, it is his will. And you will be carrying, you all have an opportunity to carry out your great assignment to be the face and the voice and the Jesus connection for them because you have a God connection. That is a superpower. Because you know, Jesus, you have resurrection power in you. And as Spider-Man says, Peter Parker says, with great power, goes great responsibility. Here's the second superpower. I call it your laser living, not your lazy living, your laser living. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, um, you know, you can um, diffuse light. There's diffused light in this room here right now, and that's nice. But you sure can't repair an eye with that. You can't cut through steel with that. You can't perform certain non-invasive surgery like with that, but if you take focus flight, if you take a laser, it can cut through steel. It can repair an eye. It, 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 it can, it, it, it can uh, do amazing. It can do surgery without you having to be all cut up. I'm talking about a life that's that way. Some of us have a life that's so spread out and diffused, it doesn't have much power. But I'm talking about laser living is a superpower that is focused on the forever stuff. Listen to um, Colossians chapter three. It says, whatever you do, now this means not a compartment of your life where you have a Jesus compartment. This is whatever you do, big or little, uh, whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then later in that chapter, in the next chapter, it says, whatever you do, and our kids memorize this as, as children, whatever you do, do it with all your heart. So when you work, you work with all your heart. When you study, you study with all your heart. When you uh, uh, listen, you listen with all your heart. When you pray, you pray with all your heart. When you goof off, you goof off with all your heart. But whatever you do, you are an all your heart person. You are laser focused and a passionate person. There's a magnet in that kind of guy because they're focused. And I'll tell you what to focus on. Second Corinthians 4.16 says, fix your eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. 
I remember when Karen came home with a new do one day. It was all pinkied up from what we'd seen that morning. I said, what is that, honey? And she said, that's a pearl. I said, how long does it, will it last before you need another one? She said, about three months. I said, that's not a perm. That's a temp. <laughs> it's not nothing permanent about it. Well, you know what? The Bible says to focus on the perms, the permanence, the things that will be important in heaven. That's a laser life focused on the forever stuff. Let me give you two things that are an example. Number one, you focus on a family that's first in your life. Yeah. Focus on your family. There's a lot of guys who are a hero at work and a hero at church, but a zero at home. How about being a hero at home? When our guys used to get home from football practice, first question they'd ask is, what's for dinner, mom? Uh, and, and, and the answer they never did like was leftovers. <laughs> Nobody goes, oh, good, we're having my favorite thing. I love leftovers. No, you don't. How about when you get home to your family? Do they get your best? Or do they get your leftovers? They deserve your best. Because uh, somebody else can be all the other things you are, but your wife has one husband. Your kids have one dad. Do they get your best? They got to get your best, not leftovers. When you laser on them, I for me, that meant when I was driving home from the office, I had about a 20-minute drive in Jersey, back home. I had to, in my mind, I said I had to pack my briefcase while I was traveling. Yeah, I had to load up my briefcase and put away my work. And think about where was my, where was my wife when I left? Where were my kids? And go, what was important? What were they thinking? About? What were they worried about that day? And when I walk in the door, am I all about me or all about them? The superhero dad, the superhero husband is all about them and not about himself. And by the way, some guys are like, you know what? You know that girl I married? I thought I married a thoroughbred. How do they end up with a nag? <laughs> well, guys, if you want to know why she... <laughs> when a woman feels like she's not being heard, she talks louder and longer and more often, trying to get into the life that was promised to her in your wedding vows. Three things, three H's, let me give you. This is what this is what a woman is waiting for from a man who will be a hero to her. She needs to be heard. She needs to be held. And I'm, I'm desperate for an H here now. She needs to be high priested. In other words, you are the spiritual leader that her heart yearns for. Heard, held, high priestess. And by the way, be generous with your I love yous. Take it from me. My wife was gone suddenly on that May 16th. You never know when it's your last I love you. When Jesus prayed for his disciples, he said, Lord, I pray for those you have given me. Would you look at your family as those treasures that God has entrusted to you, man? Treat them like it.
The other thing, as far as laser living, there's a, a family that's first, but there's a mission that matters, a mission that you are on every day of your life, whatever you do for a living, wherever you spend your days. Second Corinthians 5.20 says, if you know Jesus, we are ambassadors for Christ. I mean, there's guys who give lots of money in political campaigns to get named an ambassador. It's an honor. Well, the Bible says that you are the personal selected representative of Jesus where you work, where you live, where you recreate, where you work out, in your neighborhood. You have been divinely positioned. It's not random, those, any of those things in your life. So you go out during the day and you say, you realize that your situation, whatever your situation happens to be, whether it's a work situation, a medical situation, you got a car problem, whatever it is, your situation is your assignment. That you are always his ambassador. And the reason God has circumstances come into your life is to put you in somebody else's life who needs to see what Jesus is like. How are you doing with that? Are you on a mission that matters? Laser focus saying, I am today the voice of Jesus saying what he would say. I am the hands of Jesus doing what he would do. I am the ears of Jesus listening as he would listen. A family that's first, a mission that matters. Those are examples of what you laser on. That's what, that's what a true superhero does. Here's the last superpower. You got your God connection. You got your laser living. And you got what I call your life-giving effect. What effect is there when you are when you walk in the room? When you leave the room, what kind of effect do you leave behind? Here's what Jesus said, Matthew 5, 16. He said, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine. Well, wait a minute. That means that in the darkness of our world, the, the, the sadness, the depression, the, the dirty, whatever, that when you're there, light comes into the darkness. And it doesn't take a light as big as a room to illuminate it. You see one little light to light up a whole room. You don't need, listen, you are supposed to be leaving a trail of light and life that people feel more alive because they were with you today. How are we doing on that? Our kids also memorized, we memorized as a family, Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But only what is useful for building others up. Here's the question. What comes out of your mouth? Are you on the construction crew building people up or the demolition crew? Wounding more. They're already wounded enough. Colossians 4 5 says, let your conversation always be full of grace. Look at your social media posts this past week. Full of grace or full of gripe, full of garbage, full of anger, conflict. Guys, somebody's got to show a different way to be. You know, it's a great way to start your day. 
If you're going to be the superhero I call madman, make a difference man, then you're going to wake up with a question something like this. Lord, who needs me today? Getting your eyes off yourself right from the very get-go. Who needs me today? Would you point me to somebody who needs my smile, my encouragement, my compliment, my comfort, my time? After my wife was gone, I was inundated with hundreds of tributes to, the, to her about the difference she had made in people's lives. I thought I knew, but more than I realized. And they had a common thing. She made me feel. I wonder how people would finish that with you. In her case, it was she made me feel important. She made me feel loved. She made me feel like I'm worth something. She made me feel like I could go on living. How do you make people feel? Do you have a life-giving effect? You know, you know, uh, in the movie uh, when it says, "If you build it, they will come." Let me change that a little bit. If you build people up, if you build them. They'll come to you because you'll be their go-to guy because you treat them like they matter. You do that and when you listen to them, not looking at your phone, not looking across the room, not looking at what you got, not looking at your watch. No, no. You listen and make them feel like they're the most important person on earth when they're in your presence. That's a life-giving effect. When um, my son Brad was on the Hopi reservation as a missionary, um, they were having an event in a gym and there was a, uh, a young man who, uh, who had somewhat of a learning disability, Alex, and, and the other guys were shooting baskets and everything. And he was laying back because he knew he would not look good out there. And, and he was too small, he was 12 years old. All of a sudden, my son, I happened to be there this time, my son picks him up and goes over to the basket with him and Alex can dunk one ball after another. It's so cool. You know what happened a few minutes later? Alex had found a couple of boys smaller than him and was lifting them up so they could dunk some basketballs. That's what happens when you lift people I hope they'll say about you, that man make me feel important. Why? Because you see him through Jesus' eyes. Important enough that he made them in his image. Important enough that he died for them. The guy you can't stand. The most obnoxious guy you know. Made in God's image. Paid for with the blood of God's son. Treat him like it your life-giving effect. Let me just wrap up by saying this. Um, I worked for a long, many years when I was in Jersey with uh, our high school football team and got to do a little um, chapel. They didn't call it that, but do a little chapel service with them on Saturday morning before their game. Um, and every year we'd have an honor dinner for them and I'd invite out one of the New York Giants because or our Jets because I spoke for their chapels and um, 
And uh, I asked George Martin to come out. Some of you remember George from the 1980s. He was on the Super Bowl team and uh, defensive end. All you know, he was a real great, seven feet tall. When I interviewed him, all the blood went out of my arm. It was a ridiculous scene with me and George. But um, I remember when George spoke to our football team one year, and some guys came to Christ that night. And George had just won, I think, for the second time in a row some award, I don't know what's called the humanitarian of the year in the NFL or nice guy of the year or something. I forget the award, but he won it for the second time in a row. And he said, you know, why, why I'm doing these things. And he gave this great answer. He said, I'm just copying my hero. My hero is Jesus. Um, I want to talk to a man, uh, whether you're on Zoom or whether you're in the room, let me just say this. Maybe you say, Ron, I am not, I'm not the man my wife needs me to be. I, I'm not pulling it off. I'm not what my kids need me to be. I got, I got baggage issues, um, needs. You got stuff that you found out you're not enough. The great, the great discovery of every man, I'm not enough. We're supposed to act like we got it all together, right? But you got stuff you can't fix. You have something you can't control. You have something you can't change. It's at that point that I think Jesus comes to a guy and gives that same two-word invitation he's given to men for 2,000 years that he gave to his first followers. He said, follow me. If you follow him, he may take you by in your heart, he may take you by a cross where every mistake you've ever made, every sin you've ever done, every dirty thing, proud thing, selfish thing, hurting thing you've ever done, he died to pay for, because if he didn't, you'd pay a death penalty forever. Sin has a death penalty. That's why religion will never get you to heaven. I don't care if you're the most religious guy in the room. Because religion doesn't pay a death penalty. Somebody has to die. Somebody did. God loved the world so much, the Bible says. He gave his one and only son. Put your name there. God so loved he gave his one and only son so that if, there's your name again, believes in him, then will not perish, but will have eternal life. But he'll take you by a cross. But if you follow him, he'll take you by an empty tomb. You'll see the greatest love you could ever experience at the cross. You'll see the greatest power a man could ever have to change his life in that empty tomb. Because he has beat death. If he's beaten death, he can beat whatever's been beating you. That's why the Bible says that Jesus says, I make all things new. So maybe you're on Zoom this morning. You're in Zoom or in the room. But it's no accident. Because this is the day that will, could divide your personal history between B.C., and A.D. Oh, it's not that you haven't known about Jesus. 
It's not that you don't like Jesus. You've just never told him you're pinning all your hopes on him. Today, the years without Christ end. And the days and years with Jesus in your heart and in your life begin this day. Just wrap up before I pray with this. Little boy um, kept interrupting his dad who was reading the Sunday paper. And uh, he's like, Dad, um, can, can we play? And his dad said, Scotty, uh, come back in a few minutes. He came back in a few minutes. His dad was in the sports page now. He's not going to get his attention. The father's like, how can I get some time here? He sees a page, a whole page to add that's a picture of the world. So he tears it up into like puzzle pieces. He says, listen, as soon as you put this together, I'll be with you. Little Scotty comes back two minutes later. He says, I'm done, Dad. Look. <laughs> and there's the whole, the whole world map on the floor put together. He said, Scotty, how did you do that? He said, Daddy, it was easy. He said, there was a picture of a man on the other side. And when you put the man together right, the world goes together just fine. You know what Jesus does? He puts a man together right. And it changes his world. And the world of the people around him that he loves. We're going to pray. Would you pray with me? And uh, let's just have a moment with God together. And uh, my Jersey friend, if you um, aren't sure there's been a time when you began, actually consciously began your personal relationship with Jesus, shoot, why not now? Have your first Thanksgiving, your first Christmas with Christ in your heart. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm, I'm going to pray it out loud. You can pray it in your heart. Or out loud if you choose. It's simply a way to say, Jesus, I'm putting all my hopes on what you did when you died for my own sins. Here's the prayer. Jesus, I've been running my life. As of today, I'm done. You were supposed to, and you're going to. Because Jesus, I know that I have pushed you to the edge. I have done my life my way, not your way, so many times. And I know there's a penalty for that. But I believe you love me so much, Jesus, that you paid my death penalty. What you did on that cross was for me, not just for the world. And I believe you're alive. You walked out of your grave. I want you to walk into my life today. And so right here and right now, I'm putting all my hopes on you like a drowning guy would grab a lifeguard. You're my hope, Jesus, my only hope. So beginning today, I'm yours. I'm going to just ask you, we have it just quiet for just a moment. Wouldn't it be great if you could have this settled before you walk out of the room today?
Lord, I pray that you would help us to draw on the power that we have in Jesus, if we know you personally, to be the make a difference guy. We pray you'd help us to be what the people we love need us to be. We can't, but you can, you can through us, get it done. Help us to be faithful in maintaining our God connection. Forgive us for letting other voices crowd you out. May we hear from you first and live your day. And may we be a light wherever we go. And may we laser focus on the things that will last forever. And Lord, for uh, a guy who just today prayed that prayer, I pray right now you would help him know that if he meant what he prayed, every sin he's ever committed has been erased from your book. He is forgiven. He doesn't have to be the way he has been. And he's going to heaven. Wow. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Go mad today, guys. Among the many gifts that uh, God has given Ron Hutchcraft has been the gift to paint clear word pictures. A madman, make a difference. Gap man, stand in the gap. God connected, laser focused, living for others. But what I appreciate, maybe even more than that about Ron, is that he always includes the gospel in his messages. Because he told us that you cannot be a madman. You cannot stand in the gap without the strength and the grace and the mercy of God active in your life. And I love the way he gives guys, every time I've heard him speak, he gives guys the chance to receive Christ, to open their hearts up to the Savior. If this morning that was your experience, I'd love to help you take those first couple of steps. So I'll, I'll be around you. And if you're online and uh, you've made a decision to receive Christ this morning, uh, come to one of these mornings uh, in person and let's, uh, let's talk. Great message, great word pictures, but most importantly of all, he pointed us to Jesus Christ, the Savior and the Lord. Let's pray.